Hi, this is Steve O'Mooney, and you're listening to another great show only on the 4i Radio Network. For more great shows, feel free to check out www.4iradio.com. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Jigsaw Gale here, and I'd give anything to settle your hash right now, but I got a judge to see and a man's life to save. <laughs> Incredible. To listen to the show, find us on 4eyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we'd like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, Jason, Zoe, Brad, and Jonathan. Thank you so much. We're back in the 90s, baby. It's been a really long... It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it has no. been kind of a long time. I think the last episode we covered was in 2021. <laughs> in 2021, which I keep thinking is last year and I'm yeah. continually reminded is not last year. Yeah. But it, and it was like it was like literally like the end of... like It was the last thing we covered in 2021. So like, yeah. it's been a, like a year and a half, but... You know, it doesn't really yeah, feel it's like still that like long. eighteen months. It's still a long time. <laughs> we could have a lot of stuff in between. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we're trying to savor the ninety show because we only got a couple seasons left. Yeah, <laughs> and this season's pretty short too. So <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I know that there are probably always people who are like, "Why do they go in the order they go in?" You know what I mean? But I'm glad that we mm-hmm. didn't do what felt like people probably expected, which is just do like the whole ninety show first, because mm-hmm. then like. It would be over. <laughs> you know? yeah. and I'm like glad it's not over. Well, and it's I'm so glad fun. we get to keep talking about it and adding like new context from other TV shows, both past and present. Yeah, I was just going to say that it's so fun to sort of go back and forth to it because I feel like, you know, obviously, you know, this is far. This was far from the first Spider-Man cartoon, but it was sort right. of it is sort of this interesting Rosetta Stone for like how I feel like modern audiences really view Spider-Man and mm-hmm. where Spider-Man cartoons would go after like every Spider-Man cartoon after this in one way or another kind of owes something back to what the, some of the barriers that the show broke, yeah. um, you know, whether, you know, whether the creators were intentionally referencing it or not, like the, where it was in pop culture and, and the mythos of it and how, how it was treated and how Saturday morning cartoons were treated with superheroes all you know that really comes back to this show so it's always interesting to kind of go back to it and be like oh yeah here's you know what this show was doing at the time and comparing it to mm-hmm. to what shows before and after we're doing it and how 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 much this show is like obviously still of its time and the impact it still had but also like things about it that are really unique that no other show before or after really does either so yeah it's it's interesting yeah I think this is going to be an interesting season too. Like I'm really mm. excited. I'm really excited because I don't remember out of all five of them. I remember plenty of stuff from this season because I've seen this show so much and I rewatch it so obsessively. But out of the five seasons, this is the one that I feel like I retained the least from. And I think maybe revi- revisited the least like it, it didn't really have episodes that I rewatched over and over again like the other seasons did. 
Um, and I don't mean that to say that it's it was because it was a bad season or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I do think that it might be an interesting one for a couple of reasons. Um, I mean, we'll see where final thoughts, 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 no, thoughts. We'll see where final thoughts are when we finish this season in 11 yeah. weeks. But I do th- <laughs> going into it and based on, you know, watching like the first couple of them again, I, I, I do feel like this is going to be an interesting one because I sort of, my memory of it is that it doesn't have the same like cohesive arc that seasons two and three have. Um, it's, it's a little more piece. Like, obviously there's like one character that's going to get a lot to do in this season. Um, but not in the same way where like, you know, the neogenic nightmare was like kind of, there was always that underlying neogenic stuff under every episode that season, you know, or like international Mm -hmm. timeline stuff or like how, how season three, every sort of little mini arc fed into the next one. There's probably, I think I'm sure there's a little bit of that in the season, but I don't know that like the thematic overarching arc is necessarily the same, but I think what this season does that I feel like you can tell just from this first episode is it's sort of like, even when it's a little, maybe a little more episodic than the last couple of seasons have been, it's like pulling in so much continuity and like totally unafraid of like, if you're a kid and haven't watched the rest of the mm-hmm. show, just being completely lost because it's just every single plot point is just a reference or a follow-up to stuff that has happened all the way back to season one. And I yeah. do think that that's going to make the season really interesting because my memory is that that kind of is what this whole season is, is just sort of like closing the loop on like every single story <laughs> they've ever had yeah. in preparation for the, the following season being the final one to tell the last two stories. Because the one thing that I, that I was curious about that I just double checked today, you know, and was looking up, like I, I found an old, Usenet forum post from John Semper from like uh-huh. 97 from 1997 confirming this but like they this show did get a 65 episode order originally it wasn't like after season one they decided if they were going to renew it or not it was like they knew from the get-go that they had 65 episodes and then the question would be would you get more and like John Semper sure. says in the post like we we're hoping we go to 100 because we were popular but you know Fox there was a lot of drama behind the scenes that I'm sure we'll talk about what? when we get to season five. Um, so they, they just stopped, but it was initially a 65 episode order. So like they knew that the, to plot out stuff through episode six through, uh, through episode 65, which is why, you know, you get season two and three have 14 episodes for their whole arc. And then this season has a measly little 11. Like that mm-hmm. was just kind of intentional because it's just, there's more story in season two and three. And then, they want to just get through a bunch of stuff in this season. Then the season five is, is 13 episodes. I say all that because I do think I'm sure that, you know, things definitely change as it went along. But I think that like once they got to the midpoint of the show, there started to be a broad idea of like how to plot the, yeah. like the last two seasons of it. Um, and so I kind of feel like this season might end up being an interesting, like sort of just little middle, middle kind of transition season where it is just like, just every plot point that has been left dangling, just yeah. picking that up and doing something with it and telling fun stories. Mm-hmm. So then, like I said, they get to the, the fifth season. It's the final season. They do their big swings and their secret wars and spider verses and stuff like that. And they have plenty of room to play in that. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. I'm curious to see how that all plays out, especially since I don't have, I think I'm with you. I don't have a ton of memory of this particular season, um, and I don't have a ton of memory of the back half of this series, but I do feel like I remember more from the last season just based on like the bigger things it does and the stuff that people talk about yeah. um, versus this particular season where like elements even so far that we've seen, I'm like, yeah, this seems familiar, but I don't really remember 
exactly how it plays out or where they're going with certain things. So, um, it'll be, it'll be fun. Um, as I, as I feel like, you know, seasons two through five of this kind of are in similar, similar ways. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's, if this episode is any, any indication, they're just going to keep on packing a whole hell of a lot in these 19 minutes. (laughs) Dude. I, you know, I think I even like texted you or told you off mic at some point, like, Dude, I forgot how fast the show goes. Like it is just like bam 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 bam. Like there like there aren't really ups and downs as far as pacing goes. As mm-hmm. far as pacing goes, it is just go or stop. <laughs> that yeah, is it. Well, the episode is either on or it is not. <laughs> and I feel like this one is even faster than Oh my god. Been. Like alarmingly so. <laughs> right. Like and I, and I and I and yeah, which and I wonder I I'm going to be curious if that sort of keeps up throughout this whole season just because it's like it's interesting because they left so much off at mm-hmm. the end of season three like there it really was just a true like like just here's there, so many balls are in the air now <laughs> like yeah. um between the madam web stuff and and the osbournes and mary jane being missing and and everything like wait mary uh, jane's missing <laughs> yeah couldn't you tell <laughs> Um, but like, but they also, it's not like they can just do one episode. That's just all about the aftermath of it. Like I, I wish they could, that would be cool, but I I can see why they don't want to waste an episode on it. Just being like Peter, just just researching where Mary Jane could be or something Mm -hmm. like that. So it's like, so they've just got to like devote it to like, I don't know, 30 seconds, maybe a minute. I didn't time it between somewhere between 30 seconds and a minute of just being like, of just sort of like quickly recapping, setting the stage, Mm -hmm. seeing where the, the, the things are at the beginning, seeing, seeing the sort of things that have changed in the interim and then moving on to a completely new story (laughs) that also packs in a whole hell of a lot of stuff. Oh, so so much. It's a very, it's a very interesting season opener for sure. It's wild. But this show does a good, good, a good re- like in episode recap if they really want to. So mm-hmm. uh, they yeah. do remind you of what's going on. So that is nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good for, for sure. those of us whose memories are broken as hell. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. Yes, this episode, of course, it's available on Disney Plus, and we are talking about Spider-Man: The Animated Series, Season Four, Episode One, entitled "Partners in Danger," Chapter One. Guilty. The heat's on to us, Mastermind. What do you want us to do? Are you talking to me? Mastermind, we gotta get out of here. Why are you calling me Mastermind? Come on, Mastermind. You gotta shake off that knockout gas the guards fired at you. Yeah, we can't let them take us alive. Mastermind, it's Spider-Man. Shoot him with your stun blaster. Are you crazy? No! You've got to be one heck of a leader to have so many men want to take the fall with you. Who are you? Robbie? Mr. Robertson, this is a court of law, not a Saturday morning cartoon show. Without proof, we can't be expected to believe anything you tell us. Your Honor, we, the jury, find the defendant guilty as charged. Sentencing will commence Monday. Is this another life Spider-Man has ruined? I'm going to investigate this myself. Just like the good old days. Jigsaw Jameson is back. He's going to get to the bottom of this puzzle. The synopsis per IMDb is, Robbie is framed for robbery and only Spider-Man and Jameson believe that he's innocent. Can they find enough evidence to prove it before Robbie meets some old, quote-unquote, friends? 
in prison? I don't think I don't think those are really friends. I think they're being what? I think they're being a little bit coy about that. Mm. A little sarcastic about that. <laughs> Original air date was February 1st, 1997. Story by John Semper, the co-creator. Uh, it's, uh, no, not co-creator. The um, He's not the co-creator of Spider-Man. I guess the creator of the show. Yeah, he's the creator of the show. Yeah. Um, and head writer of the show. Um, it was written by Larry Brody and Meg McLaughlin, who we've talked about. Uh, bo- we've talked about both of them. Uh, McLaughlin is a regular writer uh, on all three seasons. Um, on the Sorry, on the first three seasons of the show preceding this. Uh, she wrote the first... Um, she first started out. I cannot talk today. Apparently, she started out uh, <laughs> writing on the Venom three-parter and has just written a number of episodes after oh. that. And I think we'll continue to write beyond that, beyond this episode as well. Nice. Um, Larry Brody. We're also uh, we love this guy because um, while he only wrote three episodes of this show, and this is the the last of those episodes, he would go on to be a head writer on Spider-Man Unlimited and is the blessed dude who released all those season two yes. materials. Thank you, sir. <laughs> A man I would truly love to meet and thank for his service. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and as always, uh, every episode of the show is directed by Bob Richardson. Hey. hey. Uh, we get a few new voice actors for characters we know, and then a couple uh, new characters in these first few episodes. So one of those new voices is for Aunt May. Uh, because Linda Gary passed in 1995 uh, in the middle of the show's production. So mm-hmm. um, our new Aunt May here is voiced, we're well, not new Aunt May, but our new Aunt May voice uh, is Julie Bennett. Uh, this was actually, aside from one exception, this was her last television and film acting role, or I guess it just was her last television and film acting role. But what's funny is her final acting role was in the 2000 Spider-Man video game on PlayStation. No <laughs> so way. either way you look at it, <laughs> Her last role was Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, she is one of the... Uh, actually, a lot of these folks. I, I'm reminded of how many actors we talk about that fall into this category. She's one of those like older Hollywood actors that sort of are littered throughout this show. She started acting in the 50s. Um, she provided voices for a slew of characters across cartoons from Warner Brothers, MGM, and Hanna-Barbera. Specifically, she voiced Yogi Bear's love interest, Cindy Bear, across uh, tons of Yogi properties. She also voiced Wonder Girl in the Teen Titans segment of a Superman-Aquaman Hour of Adventure episode. And she voiced Lois Lane in the New Adventures of Superman from the 60s. Oh, fun. And just for you, Derek, she voiced Lola, a sexy cat that Garfield crushes on at the beach in an episode of the 90s show Garfield and Friends. Good for her. <laughs> did you watch Garfield and Friends by oh, any yeah. chance? Okay. Oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I definitely did. Mm-hmm. Um, that and the and the Garfield comics that were in like the like single strip sized books, like the long mm-hmm. horizontal books we always got from the library. Yeah. So. Um, and then these aren't huge characters in this episode, but I thought their actors were interesting. We're introduced to a character named Jimmy Mills, who's for some reason credited as Jimmy Dugan for who knows why. Um, and someone named Joey Nails. And these two characters are voiced by Frankie Crocker and Stanley Ralph Ross, uh, respectively. Crocker was a famous New York radio DJ, MC, music television host, uh, VH1 VJ, uh, which means he was among the earliest, uh, and a oh, member wow. of both the Buffalo Broadcasting and New York State Broadcasters Association Hall of Fames. So nice. um, another thing we see in this show is like folks who aren't necessarily actors who uh, are known for their voice still, uh, mm-hmm. who end up in in 
sort of these little spots, which is pretty cool. So he's one of them. Uh, and then Stanley Ralph Ross was a screenwriter who wrote for the 60s Batman series. Apparently he wrote like a third of that series. Oh. Um, he also wrote for the Monkees uh, and All in the Family. And he was a major factor in developing the Linda Carter Wonder Woman series. So Wild that these cool people are just yeah. like in these bit roles in this episode. That's so funny. Yeah. I, I really kind of, I mean, if you had asked me directly, it's not like I would have forgotten, but I kind of just forgot like the kind of actors we get for this show. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like a lot of old Hollywood, a lot of radio, um, and then occasionally these little roles where it's sort of like we have, like somebody's a friend with somebody who knows this like sort of famous for something else mm-hmm. person, you know, and would yeah. it be neat if they did a few lines for us? Yeah, that's so fun. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, couple fun, couple fun yeah. credits in there. So, yeah. Uh, shall we get to what happens in this whirlwind of an episode? <laughs> uh, no, let's not. Uh, okay, it's too much. Go it's watch it, everybody. <laughs> Figure it out for yourselves. Let us know what you think. You know, we're always doing it, so it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We always do all the work. Come on, you can you do the work for your for once. <laughs> All right. Well, this season starts with Spider-Man web swinging through the city and recalling the events of season three's conclusion, where Mary Jane and Green Goblin have both been sucked through an interdimensional portal. Uh, And blaming himself, uh, Spider-Man decides once again that being Spider-Man only causes pain. So it's time to get rid of that suit. Yeah, they and it was funny. It's like it's not even just it's. It'll be one thing if it was just Spider-Man just having traumatic flashbacks mm-hmm. to the season three finale, which I you know, would make sense. It's like it, I, I I'm cool with doing that in in lieu of a recap, you know. Yeah. Um. And 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 but like they do that, but they also get in a few just you know voice lines for like Mary Jane calling to him, so Sarah Ballantine can get like her paycheck for being in the episode <laughs> for one line. And good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Uh. But then they also like intersperse with this. They do still try to like set up the status quo even though it doesn't play any role in the episode itself they try to set up the status quo for how like everyone else is reacting to mary jane's Mm -hmm. appearance which like it's cool i would have expected that it's just i maybe would have expected to be a little more because it's basically just these rapid flashes to like the kind of immediate aftermath where like anna watson is like delirious in the hospital and Mm -hmm. shouting at peter and like which is kind of rough. Like I hate yeah. that lady, but I do feel bad for her in of that course. situation. Um, cause especially cause the last time we saw her, she was getting like knocked out by the green goblins knockout gas and then just <laughs> wakes up to her niece. The only person in her life that yeah. she cares about other than may just like having mysteriously disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's like mysteriously disappeared with this, like, old rich guy apparently because it is established that norman osborne is also missing and you have like this scene of like harry crying to peter about how he lost both his dad and mary jane and green goblin must have kidnapped both of them um which is funny to think about because the last time we saw harry he was like just just hated peter's guts with every fiber of his veering but you know yeah grief and trauma changes people um who else (laughs) does he have in his life yeah. Oh, I mean, it's like his only friend, probably. Right? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. His best friend, <laughs> question mark. Best? <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, and I mean, I guess those are the only two things that are really established in that opening. But it's still just like, it's interesting. They just sort of throw that out there and just be like, yeah, that's happening. But anyway, now that that's out of the way, let's get to the real story, which is about the Daily Bugle. <laughs> right. Right. Everyone's <laughs> grieving. But over here. <laughs> 
now we're gonna have a fun a fun little like mini noir with jameson in a trench coat isn't this yeah. fun y'all yeah <laughs> and it is you know it is i mean I, that's the thing i like this episode i think it's i mean i i don't think it's a it's not a bad idea i think it's actually interesting yeah. to swerve like that because it's like i mean how much do you want to just spend an episode just like with everyone wallowing and like, you know mm-hmm. that Mary Jane and the goblin fell into an interdimensional portal, possibly to their death question mark. Like, so it's like, why do you want it? Like what, what can be done about that? If you're not going to, if you don't want to immediately solve it, which they obviously don't want to, right. you want to leave that, that, you know, that is a continuing thread. Like you kind of do have to swerve. Like it would be either doing something very heavily thematic with with Peter, you know, trying to rescue another woman who's kidnapped or something like that, which they can maybe kind of do in the next week's episode a little bit. Um, or you could just go in the opposite direction and just completely swerve away from that and just like remind you of the fun adventures that the show can still have, even with this sort of, you know, grief that's happening in the background. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like this show hasn't necessarily committed itself 100 percent to just like telling what like one singular story across an entire mm-hmm. season even if there's a thematic through line right so like they still want to tell like you said those adventures that the show can do but they can't let you forget that this thing is happening because it will probably come up again you know mm-hmm. so they're going to keep reminding you uh spoiler they'll remind you again next week that mary jane is missing and people feel bad about it you know yeah yeah so they can't let you forget but yeah they want to they want to do something else <laughs> mm-hmm. makes sense so uh, you mentioned the bugle. Uh, we cut to the bugle where Jameson and Robbie are discussing a few things. One, uh, Mary Jane's disappearance, because everybody is still talking about it. Um, and then Peter Parker's recent decision to no longer take photos of Spider-Man, which is sort of all wrapped up in that, mm-hmm. um, because obviously Spider-Man is wrapped up in that. And then the third thing they talk about is their sons. Uh, Robbie specifically leaves the bugle to make his son's football game. And Jameson remarks that he misses times like that with John, um, which I thought was going to be sort of the direction of where things went for this one because i couldn't remember what this one was about uh but no he just makes a comment about how he misses his son which is very sweet yeah um and then robbie gets gassed and kidnapped by a taxi driver cool yeah like you do as you do (laughs) uh one more thing about mary jane that just reminded me of like what what is with every time we see mary jane in a newspaper reference she's always just referred to as a co-ed like i don't know like, why is that the thing? Mystic young co like it was the Hydran episode, I think was the other time. It was like co ed foils plot or whatever, and this one it's it like feels, co-eds disappeared. Like was that was that more common? Than this show. Yeah, that like, was like that does say. feel like a thing that was a thing. Like that, what a stupid sentence. That feels like a thing that was a thing. <laughs> it does feel like that was a trend at a time, right? Yeah. But it does feel like that trend, I think, would have passed by the nineties. Like referring to women yeah. just as co eds. <laughs> Yeah, it would be like young woman or college student. Like, yeah, it feels co- like a like, 70s thing. Does know? anyone even like use the term co-ed anymore at all? Like, Outside of like sports, no. Or like right. living accommodations, no. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, like, it's always, kind of it's an archaic. adjective now. No, I don't feel like anyone uses it as a noun to refer to a person. Yeah, like it's kind of an archaic term. Yeah. Um, which again, if it was, you know, a more popular 1997, that'd be one thing, but I don't I feel like think it, it wasn't. Was. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it wasn't. <laughs> It's just funny. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Maybe it's just. I mean, if it if it if it wasn't, maybe it really is just meant to be like the bugle is an old fashioned, you know, paper or something. Sure, because it has sure. those vibes sometimes. Sometimes, you know? yeah. I mean, this is a little bit of an old fashioned episode at certain yeah. points. So, oh, that's a good that. point too. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> 
So Robbie's been gassed. Uh, the next morning, early enough that Spider-Man never even managed to get home. So it's get, only been like hours, apparently. Like butt crack of dawn. Yeah. Um, Robbie just wakes up on a boat to find himself surrounded by police helicopters and henchmen calling in. All these henchmen are calling him mastermind. And in fact, Robbie is like in like a, you know, d- d- whatever bad guy attire like what just <laughs> like a ski ge- mask i think yeah or something. Gen- just yeah i think he's wearing a helmet isn't he helmet oh mask. is he maybe not nah, maybe his henchmen sure. are wearing ski masks i don't know why i, I said don't ski remember mask. whatever i mean he's in like your generic like i mean he's not that unlike like the kingpin's henchmen or whatever mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just it's not anything special but it's like obviously he's dressed like a bad guy um spider-man arrives but he can't see robbie's face because he's got like masks and stuff on and robbie's like i don't know what's happening and he's holding this like stun blaster and the stun blaster shoots at spider-man so it looks like robbie has shot spider-man but robbie obviously is like i don't know what's happening right now (laughs) luckily it's just a stun blaster not a gun gun uh so spider-man just recovers the police close in and robbie's still totally disoriented you know mastermind quote unquote retreats and all the henchmen are like oh he's got mastermind that means that like we've just got to we've we've got to surrender um (laughs) and spider-man unmask mastermind to discover that it's robbie yeah yeah what a fucking wild like first two minutes of the episode i just was like what is going on also this is a nitpick this is absolutely a nitpick because it is like it is so necessary for what for the plot like i understand why both pieces are there because it's necessary in two different ways the beginning of the episode peter parker uh has explicitly said that he doesn't want to be associated with Spider-Man anymore and is going to refuse mm-hmm. to take pictures. And then within like hours after that, you know, Peter's like, well, I better set up my camera for my, for my last foray as Spider-Man, which like I can understand if the just, if the logic was, I guess this is my last time that I'm going to be Spider-Man is to do this. So I might as well make a little bit of money off of it. But they went so hard on and like Jameson was so mad about Peter not wanting to take pictures of Spider-Man anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that it just doesn't really, I don't know. It just doesn't connect. It feels so in conflict. And then by the end of the episode, again, it's a whole big deal that Peter's like convinced to be associated with Spider-Man again, you know? So yeah. it, it, and it's like, I understand like thematically you need Peter, wanting to just totally distance himself from the Spider-Man persona. And so I'm glad they established that. But for the plot of the mystery, you need Peter to use his pictures to unravel the plot. So he needs to take pictures. So I kind I wish there was just maybe like Spider-Man mentioned more clearly that like, I am going to stop doing this picture thing, but I'll let Peter Parker have one last paycheck or something like that. Um, Cause yeah. it feels I mean, I, I I feel like I, I have to read a little bit too much between the lines. No, no, no. I I'm I agree with the nitpick, and I I would maybe go so far as to say like just how fast everything goes in this. Like, if they weren't gonna more elegantly address him being like, "I'm quitting now," and then immediately going off and doing Spider-Man things, and then <laughs> yeah. by the end of the episode, being like, "J.K., I'm not quitting anymore." I don't know that they had to do that. Yeah. Um, I know it's like an, it's like a totally normal and natural thing to happen to a Spider-Man. So I'm like, not mad that that's his reaction. I would expect it to be his reaction, mm-hmm. um, but it feels weird to include this in this episode that isn't really all that interested in like actually exploring that. I mean, it doesn't feel that dissimilar from the Mysterio episode when he like quits for exactly. like 30 seconds yes, and immediately right. doesn't quit again. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, it, I like those stories. So like, I'd be down for that story. It just doesn't feel like they really tell that story. <laughs> they tell yeah. another story with that kind of like framing it. It felt like it felt like they felt like they needed to include that just in the aftermath of so last season. So he didn't season. seem like a callous asshole or something. Yeah, but but I don't know. I feel like you don't have to necessarily jump to him saying 100% I'm quitting right now. You could have him questioning quitting again just be like, angsty. for real this time. This is yeah. so hard. Why do I ruin everything? What do I do yeah. next? I I think that I think that he could go as far as to be like maybe after I do this I will quit. I just think Having the like Peter has already or, decided that he is not going to be part of Spider-Man's life, even in in terms of the bugle, like that was maybe a step too far to do right right off from the get. Or like, or have a moment where he like encounters this happening and is like, uh, like frustrated, and like I I can't just leave, you know? Yeah. Um. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything happens so fast in this that like you probably could say. <laughs> a similar critique about like anything based on how rapid everything is. It's true. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. I feel like there was something sort of strange about that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, Spider-Man has caught mastermind and mastermind is Robbie. Uh, what a like terrible scenario to just wake up in. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. 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 Um, and we get a really rapid court sequence. Like I, I, I wonder, you know, obviously it's a cartoon, like all in, in cartoon universes, and TV universes in general, like the whole legal process is like, like, oh, you've been arrested. Okay. You're going to have your sentence tomorrow. Like, you Take know, right down to the courtroom in real life. I'm sure Rob, this would have been dragged on for like months, if not years yeah. of going through this terrible court case. Yeah. But, but I guess no, like this- technically it could have been right. There's nothing. I don't, we don't, we don't get dates or whatever, but this no. show does do things like that <laughs> yeah i mean who knows uh, yeah it, i mean the, the timeline of the show it's like a comic book it's all sliding anyway everything yeah. happened months ago whenever they need to whatever they need totally. to refer to it so yeah who knows but either way in this 19 minute episode they very rapidly go through <laughs> this court sequence for robbie is very quickly found guilty by a jury um and sentenced um i love <laughs> The, the the lawyer the lawyer is like uh, mysterious cabs knockout gas uh, what is this some kind of Saturday morning cartoon show which like <laughs> ha 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 but also like those two things are like the least Saturday morning cartoony things that have ever happened in this show like like do you remember when yes. the space shuttle like crashed on the Brooklyn Bridge like uh-huh. I don't know if like iconic going into a cab that has like gas in it like is the weirdest thing that's ever happened here like i'm not or i'm not quintessentially I'm, saturday morning cartoon right that's not even that's more like she could if she'd said like you know like old like an old movie or something yeah. or old spy movie or something like that but yeah. like i don't think that kind of stuff is in that like that many i mean it's in like batman the animated series because it's a noir show right but it's notably not like, <laughs> like exceptions to saturday morning cartoon vibes right. Right. This is funny. Like, I don't know, prosecutor, I'm kind of questioning <laughs> your uh your strategy here, but I guess it worked. I don't know. I was know. gonna say it worked. They were very yeah. effective. Yeah, apparently. Um so outside the courthouse, Randy and Jameson are defending Robbie against the press. And then at the Daily Bugle, Jameson even calls the governor, pleading that someone investigate a potential framing. I love this yes. kind of Jameson. Jameson yeah. defends his people. That's always my favorite shit in the world. He's like crusty, yeah. cranky ass Jameson who has like the biggest heart for his people 
when people come for them, you know? Yeah. He rules in this episode. I really, I really like him. I mean, it's, it's, and it's the same sort of position they do in the, the daredevil episode from the season before when Peter gets framed and he's like, like funding Peter's case and defending him the entire time. Yeah. Um, it's just like, yeah, he was fiercely defensive of his people, even when he like is a jackass to them. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's great. I, I love it. It's, it's the perfect Jameson. Mm-hmm. Um, then <laughs> this is so fucking wild to me. Uh, Ned Leeds is in the show. I never even remember that that was the case. Yeah. I forgot he, he was in it. I mean, I, this might be the only episode he shows up in. I was just like, Ned Leeds. <laughs> I thought I like remembered every comic book character that appeared in the show, but not that guy. Apparently not that he does anything. <laughs> He's just there to just be another reporter to just be in kind of mildly antagonistic or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing seeming to work. Uh, Jameson insists that Ned leads and Peter find some sort of angle to help Robbie out, specifically figure out Spidey's role. Because, I mean, to, and to be fair, this is one of those cases where, like, as much as Jameson always just comically blames everything on Spider-Man, like, I like that they set it up where, like, yes, Spider-Man is the one who brought Robbie in. I actually do think that if you think that this was a frame job, you could justifiably come to a conclusion that Spider-Man might have been involved. Like Mm -hmm. you're not jumping to big conclusions there. So I kind of like that. So that Peter kind of has to like fight back against that, you know, very understandable claim too. Well, and like from, this is looking way too deeply into it, but like from Jameson's perspective as someone who already views Spider-Man as an antagonist and therefore makes himself an antagonizer to Spider-Man, like, there's no reason you couldn't make an argument that Spider-Man has a motive to do this. Like, yeah. it's a pretty easy case to make if you are just looking for a motive. Yeah, or that Spider-Man is doing it to get back at Jameson by taking out one of James- like Jameson's right-hand man, essentially. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's actually, like, the logic all makes sense. Right. Yeah, I like that stuff. Yeah, so Peter suits up outside, and as he thwips off, he remarks to himself that Robbie's life is just yet another one ruined by Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all your fault, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Randy and Martha visit Robbie in prison, and when they do, Robbie and Randy get into an argument over Spider-Man's involvement, uh, because Robbie is like a fierce defender of Spider-Man, as we kind of always see, and Randy is not so convinced. So he says, if Spider-Man's so good, where is he to help you now? <laughs> fair. Um, fair enough. Uh, we then cut to Peter Parker's dark room where he is actually trying to help out um, <laughs> and is recalling Robbie's courtroom testimony and developing photos from the scene. So he's kind of like, all right, what can I take from that testimony and kind of like look for in my own photos? Mm-hmm. And he finds a photo where Robbie is shooting Spider-Man and notices that Robbie's finger isn't even on the trigger of the gun. Cause of course, Robbie has impeccable trigger discipline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but really what this means is that he's been set up. He has evidence yeah. to support Robbie did not fire the gun, even though the gun went off. Yeah, I love this intersection between like Peter's photography bugle work and like the Spider-Man mystery. Like it's so it's so smart. I'm going to say right off the bat this season, I know this is not something we're talking about until next week, but like already great Peter Parker civilian crime fighting. Ooh. Yeah, that's such a good call. Like, it's really, uh, you know, it's interesting because I was thinking when watching this episode, like, God, I really missed the bugle. And I do think that 
you know, season two and three, both of them both had so much with Peter being involved with like his personal life and his love life and like his science life that I do think that like once you since this now that, you know, the neogenic stuff is out of the way mm-hmm. now that Mary Jane, unfortunately, is out of the way, <laughs> like you, you you get to return Peter to like, you know, in this case, the bugle, which means that like there's there's other avenues to get him involved in the Spider-Man mm-hmm. mystery in yeah. ways that like if he was just, you know, being late for dates or like trying to make his class at ESU, he can't that there's no way to interweave that into the mystery. So like they're almost able to make it like a little bit more of this, a little bit more of like an adult show, like an adult mm-hmm. mystery show, if that makes sense. Yeah, he the, goes back to his CSI lab and like yeah. figures some stuff out, you know. Yeah, which not to, I love the soap opera like love life shit, totally. but like I do think that like if you're trying to write cool mysteries, it's this is a great use of Peter Parker and his role uh in the Daily Bugle. It's yeah. it's it's great stuff. And I dig a balance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, guess who did it, Derek? <laughs> the Kingpin. Remember him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who we cut else, to Kingpin's really? <laughs> tower and he just explains to Herbert Landon that the last piece of their plan is for Robbie to be sentenced to the proper correctional facility. There's no like, there's no like puzzle piece that fits into place that reveals this. The show is just like, Hey guys, it was the Kingpin. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> which look. is fine by me. <laughs> like- but, 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 but you know what though? It's kind of fun though, because that's not like the end of the mystery. Like there are right. things to be revealed. Well, if they reveal it here, then you know that there's gotta be more to figure yeah. out. Yeah. Which is fine. So I, I like that. Yeah. Um, and so he's really insistent that Robbie goes to a particular prison. So he hacks into the NYPD computer system. Do they call it the NYPD in the show or is it PDNY? I don't remember actually. Cause I, I don't know like if they call they it. They usually anything. don't call. Yeah. Maybe they don't call it anything, but yeah. he hacks into the computer system and he changes Robbie's sentence to Rooker's Island, which is a funny, uh, not Rikers, but Rooker's. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Um, and dispatches a prison security plant to that same prison named Birch. Fun fact, if you're curious about all the other names that were on that screen that they were calling out on the computer, um, they are people who all worked on the show. Uh, Oh, nice. Yeah, Richard Allen was a supervising editor. Uh, Matthew Edelman was a production executive. And Brooks Stone Street. What a fucking rad name. Brooks Stone Street? Brooks Stone Street. That feels... Uh, If if I had to... Like, if I saw that, I would be like, yeah, these are obviously fictional names because of Brooks Stone Street. Nope, he was a production assistant on this show. Holy shit, Brooks. You have a dope-ass name. Brooks Stone Street. Sounds like a a model. Yeah. Also, (laughs) I just feel like... The fact that this security guy is named uh, sets a trend for this season so far that, like, everyone gets a name. (laughs) There are so many characters who, like, don't need names that get names, and I'm not mad at it. It just was funny where, like, Kingpin explicitly names this kind of nobody like hey birch you're you're on buddy like yeah okay. and, and it's like a, am i supposed a, to pay attention to birch <laughs> and it's a memorable name too because his name is birch like right it's not like smith <laughs> right jones right <laughs> oh that's funny um yeah so back at the daily bugle peter learns of robbie's sentence from glory grant who we haven't seen yeah since literally the the last episode of the first season, I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, I had to like, like double check that we had seen her because I was like, "Wait a second, <laughs> yeah, 
wild. <laughs> like, okay, where'd you mm-hmm. come from? Yeah. <laughs> so she's there. But, uh, but yeah, he uh, delivers the photos to Jameson, who takes them and insists on investigating further on his own as old Jigsaw Jameson. <laughs> So funny. He says as he puts on his like trench coat and uh-huh. fedora and gloves, like it's so yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> it's this, so good. See, this is where I like. I love that he's just like being a gumshoe, but like also, this is so fun that this is what motivates him to go investigate something on his own. Because we've seen Jameson insist on investigating things on his own before in other shows, but yeah. like. I feel like it's usually motivated by like, I'm going to get the scoop or I need to get in there because right. I'm Jameson or like, I'm going to throw my weight around. I love that his motivation for doing this is because it's one of his people and he needs to figure it out. Like that's, yeah. that's my favorite motivation for Jameson like, going out on his own or yeah. like, you know, busting out the old detective hat. <laughs> like, yeah. That's this my time favorite. It's personal. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. And I also, I look and love, like, you know, when Peter, Peter brings up this like, really good evidence, he's like, oh, good job, kid. You're not as lazy as everyone around here says. And Peter has no reaction to it. He says, thanks, Mr. Jameson. Like, he is just so starved for grad, for, 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 for like gratitude from this guy uh-huh. that it's like the most like backhanded compliment he could ever give him. And Peter is just overjoyed by it. Right. <laughs> Like no one says that but you, Jonah. <laughs> yeah, no one. No one calls. No, I'm sure no one of the people calls Peter lazy. What are you talking about? And Peter like it doesn't even register with him. It's just like Jameson's mm-hmm. being nice to. He said right. something nice so to me. So shocked at getting a compliment. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, this episode for a little while basically just like turns into like a noir thriller, which is really fun, <laughs> or at least like Seriously. as much as a noir, as much as a noir as this right. show can do. Like you definitely get like Batman the animated series kind of vibes because that show was a noir, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's all like pastiche stuff. Um, I mean, the fact that he is Jigsaw Jameson and like just the names of all the people uh and places that he goes. So um, funny. Yeah, and Peter, of course, is just sort of like this feels. Like, this could be bad. So he's like, decides to keep an eye on him. Uh, he's trailing him with the tracer. So, you know, he will inevitably intervene in this, uh, fun little noir, noir excursion. Um, but yeah, and again, in a very like noir thing, the first stop that Jigsaw Jameson goes to is this beat cop named Jimmy Mills. Um, <laughs> Of course, his name is Jimmy. Name is Jimmy Mill. Yeah, right. Of course, his name is Jimmy. Um, and he tells Jameson, you know, if he's asking about high tech weapons, Joey uh, Joey Nails is who Jameson needs to speak with. Again, I like love that name, Joey yeah, Nails. It's just so and good. It's, it's like it's almost like a parody of like that uh-huh. old noir stuff, but like it works because like this is such like a a swerve, like a out of left field swerve into this genre that the mm-hmm. show is like never really dealt with at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like that, that Joey Nails is in Baby Joe's. So That's good. Like this bar. Got to go to Baby Joe's. Baby you Joe's. know, find Joey Nails and Baby Joe's. Yeah. Hey Nora, you know Nora. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go get the. I'm gonna go get the download from Nora on where yeah. Joey Nails is. Yeah, and it's just like this like seedy underbelly bar, and like this waitress that is like clearly like trying to trying to you know play both sides and is like yeah. co- you know covering for the covering for the mafia or whatever they are. So um, I know it's so great. Um, and the, the, the least noir thing that happens in this sequence though, I will say, unless uh-huh. you're maybe talking neo noir, but even then it's not really that 
Uh-huh. It's very this show. You know, uh, Jigsaw Jameson's just like, investigating and sweet-talking the, the waitress babe and trying to uh, – a uh, waitress dame. That's that's a more noir word uh, <laughs> to, to get the, uh, you know, to get the scoop on, on Joey Nails and try to, you know, you know talk him up. But no, he gets uh, strapped to a high-tech chair and wrapped up in high-tech <laughs> wires and dragged to a second floor of this giant building where this giant uh, office is in where Joey Nails is. Joey Nails has like the same – set up as uh as wilson fisk has apparently yeah it felt, unnecess- like, it felt a little bit unnecessary to me they could have just like knocked him out the, this show version of like knocking somebody out from behind or like <laughs> covering someone's face with a bag from behind i guess everyone's you know? always getting strapped to these high-tech chair traps like yeah. <laughs> and you know what they're not that cool <laughs> no they're really not they're really not they you could were, do way cooler stuff. Cool. Just, oh, no, you're sliding around in a chair. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like abandoned warehouses and chairs you get strapped to that move on their own. Yeah. It's wild that that's like the, those are the two <laughs> biggest like monikers of this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it doesn't even really work because he, like, he, he gets out of the chair pretty quickly and gets the other guy strapped into it. So it's not even like a good system no. anyway. Um, but yeah, either way, you know, J- Jameson's able to get the, the valuable, uh, info that nails his keeper on his desk. And as he leaves, Spider-Man intercepts two of Kingpin's goons who were tailing him too. Yeah. So you've even got the like guys following the, the detective, you know, mm-hmm. closely behind. Mm-hmm. So speaking of warehouses. <laughs> oh my God. That's right. I forgot there was even a warehouse in this one. <laughs> Spider-Man follows Jameson to a warehouse on the docks. Um, and is met by a dozen more of Kingpin's goons. And in the process of protecting Jameson from said goons, Spider-Man reveals himself to Jameson, who assumes, of course, that Spider-Man is part of the plot to take him down um, and holds him at gunpoint until a bomb goes off, knocking Jameson out. He was so Jameson like shoot Spider-Man. Yeah, he death. like grabs one of Kingpin's guy's guns and is just like, don't move. <laughs> Wild. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Spidey is, manages to escape with Jameson via this hatch in the warehouse floor. Uh, and the two discover a blaster, just like the one that Robbie was framed with, hey. along with a remote control that fires it. So, Whoa. hey, here is your hard evidence that Robbie was set up. Cool. Yes. You've got the picture and you've got the the device. Yes. And they also are like, well, this is the perfect location, too, because we're in the system of tunnels that leads to the docks where Robbie was framed. So, like, yeah. the whole story is told right here. Yeah. Could have um, dragged him here. Stuck yeah. Stuck a gun in his hand. And if you want proof the Kingpin was involved, hey, look, here's a massive network of computers that, like, come on, who else but Kingpin could afford I do all of this love stuff? that. I love that Spider-Man's like, who else could afford this many computers but the Kingpin? <laughs> so many computers. <laughs> and they're so big. So big. <laughs> these, these monitors and keyboards are so big. Yeah. <laughs> only the Kingpin. Too impressive. Only the, only the Kingpin in his, in his giant hands. Did you just say hands. King porn? I definitely did. I was hoping <laughs> you wouldn't hear that. I did say King porn. Yep. You think I'm not going to call that out? <laughs> yes, I did say King porn. <laughs> King it's porn, okay. We've all thought it. Because saying king porn fingers too, which is even worse. Oh my gosh, his king big, porn fingers. His big, his big king porn fingers. I mean, typing on that keyboard. Look, yeah, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> big I'm not king against porn it. fingers for his massive keyboards and monitors. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm not <laughs> saying that it's bad. I'm not saying that I have any problems with it whatsoever. In fact, <laughs> what are you using those computers for, Kingpin? 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Also, there's just like this funny recycled animation shot. Like when they when they first discover the tunnels, it's like Spider Man's turning on the lights, but like they don't they don't they don't uh, cut to like turning on a switch or something. He's like shoving up like the uh, the sliders on like an audio board, whatever you uh-huh. would call that. Like an yeah, like an, like just the sliders to turn up yeah, volume yeah, yeah. and stuff. Like that's that's what they cut to. Like that's the that's the animation they have, which is yeah. like interesting. Uh, <laughs> interesting it's not like device all of to the light switches on. in your own home are just <laughs> right, sliders yeah. on a on a computer console. You know what? I guess it would be kind of. I mean, it w- would work like a dimmer. I guess that's kind of fun. <laughs> I wish all the lights in my apartment were controlled with a uh, like a radio soundboard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Be perfect. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, Spider-Man manages to hack into Kingpin Systems. You got hacked back, buddy. Um, and discovers the sentence swap, confirming his suspicion that Kingpin is, in fact, orchestrating some sort of plot against Robbie. And then at Rooker's, Robbie is met by Birch, who lets Richard Fisk and Tombstone into Robbie's cell, where it becomes clear that the whole plot was actually quite a simple one, and that is to get revenge on Robbie. <laughs> Wild. It's so fun that it, I, it's one thing that's cool about them not doing a recap is that I feel like in a lot of other episodes... If they were going to do the yes. recap, they would have recapped everything relevant, so they would have yes. also recapped Tombstone and Richard Fisk, which would have spoiled this. And because yes. they don't, it makes it a bigger surprise because I genuinely didn't really know what to expect with any of this. Yes, I'm so glad you pointed that out because that is such a pet peeve of mine. Um, I don't even know if it's a pet peeve because I think it's actually bad for the episodes. Yeah. Um, I think it's actively a problem that should be addressed. That so many shows will do that where it's like, hey, let us remind you of this thing that you weren't thinking about uh, because we are afraid that you won't remember, I guess, when it comes up later. And then like you're kind of on high alert and you're sort of like, oh, I don't know why they would have reminded me of this character we haven't seen in seven episodes unless they're part of the plot. This is especially bad, by the way, with reality TV. They do it as well. (laughs) Oh, But it's bad for any show. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, It's uh, it's very frustrating. And I'm yeah. glad this episode doesn't do it. I'm so glad you said that because I hadn't really thought about uh, just what made this so effective. Uh, but the reason I wasn't thinking of these two and the reason I was like, oh, my God, of course it's a revenge plot. Yeah. was Because they didn't show them in the freaking recap. Yeah. And, and it's like if you forgot who they were, like right after they show up, they like do your flashbacks or Spider-Man has a couple of yeah. lines just to remind you of where Richard's Fisk and Tombstone were. And it's fun that it's those two, too, because they weren't. They weren't like they weren't partners in their previous appearances. Like no. Richard Fisk was in the Daredevil episodes, Tombstone mm-hmm. was in the Tombstone episode. Yeah. Like and and they both have reasons for like being involved in one way or another. Like it's it, it's just such a fun like this is what I was thinking of when I was talking at the beginning of like the season seeming like it's just gonna be one that just is just super continuity heavy and not mm-hmm. afraid to be that, even if it's episodic, like every episodic story is pulling from every story every other episode has told in one way or another and like not in ways that are just like direct sequels but like mixing and matching characters that were completely unrelated before and then putting them together in this like revenge plot from kingpin which is so fun so great Mm -hmm. i love it such a fun moment because it ends up being like such a it, it ends up feeling like such a complicated plot but the motivation is just so simple and i love it yeah i love it 
Yeah. So Spider-Man arrives at Rooker's where he's immediately attacked by the guards, of course. Luckily, Richard, Tombstone, and Birch escape with Robbie via a helicopter. So Spider-Man's like, oh, well, this makes my job easier. I can just hitch a ride in a helicopter. Thanks, Later, guys. Later, guards. <laughs> uh, of course, the, the bad guys in the helicopter like try to shake him, but it doesn't work because it's Spider-Man. And instead, Birch just like accidentally shoots the helicopter's control Dumbass. panel. Okay, Birch. Like, Great I'm glad job, that they, Birch. they named you so we could make fun of you for being uh, the worst henchman. So bummed too, because like I lo- like I I have positive feelings about the name Birch, and this guy fucking sucks. You know, no, he sucks so bad. Uh, yeah, come on, guy. Yeah, if you're gonna be a bad guy, at least be good at your bad guy job. Seriously. <laughs> but yeah, so thanks to fucking Birch, the helicopter's Birch. spiraling. Robbie or not Robbie Richard and Tombstone fall out, um, and I love how like they they position the fall because Tombstone is obviously tombstones so yeah like super durable yeah so they like position it so that like tombstone base like basically lands on his feet from this very high fall and richard's oh. just riding him essentially yeah but, like he's okay because he's tombstone he's basically just a giant man made of stone so it still felt like painful. like it yeah it still felt yeah. painful as a viewer because like you know how that would just absolutely shatter all the bones in your legs uh-huh um even though it doesn't in the show, I still was like, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he hits so hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're surrounded by cops. So they're they're captured. Spidey saves Robbie and Birch. Unfortunately, you should just let him go down with a helicopter, dude, before the helicopter crashes into the prison building, I guess. And yeah. maybe all the all the prisoners escape. I don't know. But whatever. It's fine. Who knows? <laughs> they're not interested in telling that story today. <laughs> Oh, there's not enough happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot more time in this episode. <laughs> sure. Also, also, Spidey saves Robbie with a web parachute. Yeah, which is fun, but it is weird because he's like unbelievable. It worked when I'm pretty sure he used the web parachute like last season at yeah, one point. I'm pretty certain he's used it before. So, I mean, I guess he just didn't realize he could do it so quickly i don't know <laughs> whatever i'm glad he's done it before and still isn't confident it will work and so tries it again <laughs> tries it again well the and last time was a fluke but let's give it another go right and then spoiler he does it again next week so you he know sure does <laughs> i hope we get i hope we go 11 for 11 i hope we get 11 <laughs> web bear shoots this this season i doubt it but i would love that <laughs> <laughs> it would make me very happy <laughs> well <laughs> Well, this episode ends with a retrial in which Jameson is able to prove Robbie's innocence. Um, The bugle throws a party upon Robbie's return, and Robbie makes a plea to Parker, to Parker, to Peter, to continue taking pictures of Spider-Man because the city needs to see a hero like Spider-Man doing his thing. Oh, nice. I I like that Robbie is the one who convinces... Uh, Peter to it makes Spider-Man sense. again. It makes sense. And Peter makes even gives like a cute little salute. It's nice. Yeah. It would have been extra sweet if there was like a begrudging agreement from like Jameson or something at the party. Oh, that but, would be nice. Yeah. You know, it's okay because Robbie, yeah. Robbie is the correct person, I feel like, to convince yeah. Peter. Yeah. He's like, he's like Peter's heart. Yeah. He's such a genuine fan and supporter. Not even fan. Fan's not even the right word. He's just like a genuine believer in like what Spider-Man stands for, which is exactly what Peter needs to see because everybody fucking hates him all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Including Peter. (laughs) Including himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Very sweet way for that to end. It ends up making a lot of sense for this to be the first episode of the season because it allows, it allows Peter to not be 
even though he's going to obviously be wallowing about Mary Jane to an extent, he's not necessarily going to be wallowing about his role as Spider-Man as, right. as much. It's just sort of like, like okay, personal I have, wallowing of like, how do I cope? Right. It's like, I have been, I have been fully convinced that I do need to keep being Spider-Man regardless of the bad stuff that's happening in my life. So at least like I can keep doing that. And that uh, allows for, you know, a certain amount of, of lightness going forward. So it doesn't have to be all dark stuff all the time, Mm -hmm. which, uh, which is smart. So I'm glad, I'm glad that they, that they, uh, they did this episode for the first episode of the season. I don't know, man. I think maybe they should have gone full 11 episodes, just total angst, um, like full (laughs) sorrow and wallowing, you know? Yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) Go darker, baby. Uh, well, with the opposite of angst and wallowing, we have the face of the episode. Yeah. Which is uh, joy Pete, and, and joy. Ex- exuberance. Yes. Peter's clapping for us. We're getting to the end of this podcast. <laughs> um, he's so happy. It's just from Robbie's trial. But I just, I love the way it's animated because it's like, it's such a big kind of awkward clap that it's doing. He's just yeah. slapping those two hands together, but it does also exude joy, even if the yeah. animation's a little bit clunky on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's just so happy, okay? He's you know? so happy. He's happy yeah. we're back, and I'm happy yeah, we're back. I am too. I like this, this episode show. goes so fast, faster than it ever should. Sure. Uh, but it's fine. I had a, yeah, I had fun. It's, it's fun to see Jameson doing um like a new Jameson thing. That's for him, I guess, mm-hmm. an old Jameson thing, old jigsaw Jameson. Um, And so that's like a fun thing to explore. This episode's always going to pack in more than it needs to. But uh, it this one, honestly, for the most part, it's not to this episode's detriment. Like some shows Mm -hmm. we talk about that pack too much in or are super rapid. It ends up being like, good Lord, you didn't need to go that fast. This one at least was like consistently fast across the board and everything Mm -hmm. kind of fed into something else. Yeah. Well, also... By season four, I feel like this show's figured out like how to be fast. It's just like we <laughs> yeah. know we have to be fast. We just have to be. So they've kind of got. I feel like they 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 write to that a little bit better. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it works. And and honestly, just seeing the Daily Bugle, like you know, uh. there's so it it is interesting how many shows after this don't really do a lot of bugle stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we doing Ultimate Spider Man. Like there's like no bugle stuff Zero. in that show like at all. So just being able to, and even like, you know, most of the movies don't really do bugle stuff anymore. So being able to, to be back in a space where like, Ugh. yeah, the bugle is a major part of, of Peter's life and of the world. And the characters in the daily bugle are like integral members of the main cast. Like, it's just so yeah. fun. You just so made fun. me so sad to think about like how great the bugle stuff was in the Raimi trilogy and how we just don't get bugle stuff in yeah. the past five live action movies it's weird like i understand that's just like well it was i mean that's oh. like it's like the stuff that i guess like everybody agree like even people who don't like the raimi movies like agree that the bugle stuff is good but it, so it's like well we can't just like we just can't redo that but it's yeah. like you could try i don't know do like something. you could do something i do think there's an opportunity with like the upcoming ones if they really wanted to mm-hmm. but since they've already established um uh, you know jk simmons like oh, you would they like, can they you can, can you either have to like reinvent that scenario or figure out a way to replicate it that doesn't feel like you're replicating it i mean they can if they want to they can you know I'm, i don't doubt that they could do it successfully but it is a weird pickle to be in yeah yeah i like the daily bugle yeah me too like all J. that J. to Jameson. say we like the we like the bugle and we like yeah. jameson most of the time exception of the time. being i guess the 80s show 
Yeah. <laughs> we don't like fascist Jameson. We just we like, like cranky yeah. Jameson. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, well, you know what else isn't cranky or fascist? Is <laughs> hey. our Patreon. <laughs> Decidedly not fascist. <laughs> I Quite hope not. anti-fascist, in fact. <laughs> I, would, I would argue that, yeah. Um, our Patreon is at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers, uh, where you can get some bonus episodes for as little as $1 a month. In fact, the majority of bonus content is at $1 a month. So check us out there. Uh, you can also check out our Discord if you want to chat with other listeners of the show. Link for that is in our show notes. But if you'd like to find out what uh, the two of us are working on individually, where can people find you, Doug? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming that I do with my friend Katie, where we catch up on all the video games and books we've been consuming and sometimes dip into other pop culture. And if you like Pokemon, check me out on Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network. What about you, Derek? Sure. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast Gimmicks, which looks at the high concept, experimental, structure breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and a different guest for every episode. You can find that anywhere you get your podcast. You can also give it a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Gimmicks Pod. And speaking of podcasts that Doug mm-hmm. and I do, mm-hmm. we do one together. <laughs> uh, we have another one. We do, Well, we, of course, we do one together. It's called Walloping Web Snappers. We do. We have another one that we have done together uh, <laughs> called Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon. We're, we're watching every Pixar film chronologically. And, you know, we had watched every every Pixar film. But guess what? That movie Elemental is going to be out this month. It comes oh. out this month. So there will be a new episode in your feeds later this June. So definitely, if you haven't already followed or subscribed to the Falling With Style feed, you should do that now to make sure that when that episode on Elemental comes out, because I assume we're going to throw it out as soon as we've both seen it, which will be Mm -hmm. soon after it comes out. uh, Make sure you get that as soon as it comes out. So uh, you can find Falling With Style also anywhere you get your podcasts. Or you can find an archive of it on our website at Walloping Web Snappers. Walloping, mm, my God, wallopingwebsnappers.com, <laughs> where we have a full archive of all episodes of both Walling with Style and Walloping Web Snappers. Uh, very easy to uh, easy to organize and search by show as well. You can also follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod. Or email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all your podcast platforms that you use. It really helps us out. And next week, Spidey gets tangled up with S.H.I.E.L.D. and this mysterious thief known as The Cat. Ooh. Which is also the name of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) See you then. Meow. Also, I will say it's remarkable that we don't mess up our own podcast name more frequently considering Walloping Web Snappers is a mouthful. So good for us.